Renowned Australian rainforest botanist and environmental protector Nan Nicholson joins Environmental as Anything Today to talk about the proposed damming of Danoon. Nan Nicholson, thank you for joining Environmental as Anything. Good afternoon. Welcome to the show. Uh, you're uh, at the moment particularly uh, exercised about the damming of Danoon. Yes, I'm very concerned about this, particularly because I thought the dam had been shelved about 10 years ago when Rouse Water went into a fairly detailed investigation as to whether it was needed or not. And at that time, it was decided it wasn't needed in favour of various alternatives, um, two of the important ones of which were um, recycled water and demand management. Right. And I won't go into those in detail at the moment, but uh, many people in the community feel that that hasn't been done seriously and Rouse needs to step up in order to avoid building this dam, which we believe will be a catastrophe. Yes, we did have uh, Vanessa Aikens, councillor on Rouse County Council, on the show last week talking about some of those issues. So we, we can move on to some of the other things, which you're mm. obviously very concerned about, um, you know, Aboriginal heritage, ecological damage, and uh, you know the limits to growth issues. Could you want to talk, talk, talk about yes. that a bit? Well, I'm, I think I'm most concerned about the Aboriginal heritage because I feel they've been disgracefully treated by, by whites in general, but also by Rouse in particular. It seems, despite the fact that there was an extremely important study done in 2011 called um, Proposed Dunoon Dam Cultural Heritage Impact Assessment, was done by Ainsworth Heritage, mm. despite the fact that that came out very strongly to say there are extremely important sites in the proposed dam area, which all the Aboriginal stakeholders agree are not to be touched. And it even mentions the fact that many Aboriginal stakeholders have um, lots of disagreements over many things, but this was a case where absolutely every one of them said it's not to be touched. So that's a very powerful thing in itself. Absolutely. And, I've, and they were supposed to keep uh, contact with these groups every six months since then, and as far as we can tell, that just has not happened. In fact, I've spoken to some um, Wujibal Weibel heritage officers recently, and they said not only did they have no idea the dam was on, they hadn't been contacted by Rouse to tell them that, um, formally, that the, the dam was on again and to give them a copy of this cultural heritage assessment. Really? It was, it's extremely disrespectful, I think. In this day and um, age? It's pretty amazing. <sighs> and the other thing is that there's been, apparently, an update to this um, heritage report in 2013, but I'm not able to get a copy of it, despite the fact that I was on the public reference group originally and we were all provided with copies of the original report so I would think it would be reasonable to get the second report hmm. even if they have to redact some of the extremely sensitive information for instance there are burial sites that hmm. were found in the area and hmm. they, that is what the Aboriginal people are most up about. Um, that could, the specific details on that could be redacted nobody needs to see that except hmm. the Aboriginal stakeholders just a general so reference really no as you've why these Pardon? Just like a general reference, as you've made, you know. That's right, yeah. So it's, I think it's extremely important that the public sees these reports that absolutely spells mm. out how vital these heritage items are. Mm. And just as a matter of respect to Ab Aboriginal people, we need to do that. Mm. So what will happen here is that the, these sites are enough to stop the dam in its tracks, mm. but probably it will be declared to be a state-significant development so that the Aboriginal interests can be swept aside. And this is happening all over the state. Right. It's a state so, significant uh, development, but the state apparently doesn't have any money for it. Uh, yes. Well, <laughs> yes, that could be an issue too. So the Aboriginal issue for me is the paramount one. 
But because I'm a rainforest botanist, I'm also extremely upset about the environmental issues. There's a, a gorge called the Channon Gorge between the Channon and Dunoon. It's actually closer to the, the Channon where the dam would be built. And this is a spectacular gorge. Not many people know about it because it's quite hard to access. Mm, okay. It's incredibly beautiful and it has um, an ecological, an endangered ecological community of rainforest there. Mm. But it's not just any old rainforest. It's uh, rainforest on sandstone. The, the seven mm, hectares okay. of this rainforest on sandstone, six hectares of which is going to be destroyed mm. or would be destroyed if the dam went ahead. And it's really tragic because in this region, I can't think of any other rainforest on sandstone of this type in the area. So it is really unique. Wow. And it's terribly important that we don't um, drown it in something that we don't need yeah. um, because uh, just because there's a lot of political influence in building this dam. I'll yeah. go into that in a minute. Sure. Uh, another thing that uh, is of great concern is that the... Um, Ralph wants to go ahead with offsets, this biobanking idea mm. where you can flatten something and find something similar to replace it. But of course, you usually can't find anything. You can't find something similar. similar to something that's unique, can you? Yes, that's right. And, th and in this case, what they're suggesting is that we replace the unique sandstone, ra rainforest on sandstone, with regenerating forest on the basalt slopes above the dam. <laughs> so they're not at all equivalent, <laughs> but that's what they're proposing. Here, here I'll, I'll swap your, your nice, uh, your, your twin cab uh, four-wheel drive ute for this uh, this rusty old bicycle. She'll yeah. be right. Still get you to work. <laughs> it's an amazing problem. And uh, this has been proved over and over again throughout the state to, to never work. But despite that, it keeps on being pushed as if, it's, uh, as if people don't realise that there are different values in different kinds of forests. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it is absurd, isn't it? I mean, the, the, the offsetting, it, it is generally just a, a kind of an absurdity and gets scammed all around the place, wherever it yeah. seems to happen. Yeah, so this is, um, these would be the local impacts, is losing these Aboriginal sites and this fabulous gorge. And I might say that as um, a landowner downstream, I am at particular risk, and this is quite an irony considering I'm causing a lot of trouble. In a report put out by the Danone, uh, by Ralph Water, mm. They said that the three kilometres immediately downstream from the dam to the confluence of Rocky Creek and Terania Creek, mm. the dam's on Rocky Creek, by the way, yep. that three kilometres of creek will be most affected out of any of the areas below the dam. And that is because, and this will happen uh, not just in ordinary low flows or medium flows or even high flows. Mm. It's in the very biggest flows, the big catastrophes, mm. is when an extra loading will be put on that three kilometres below the dam. And that, it's, it's a strange thing to understand, but it is because, I'll just read out part of the report. The irregular increases in discharge are explained by the surface area of water in Danone Dam. When full, the dam acts to increase catchment runoff efficiency with all rain that falls directly onto the water surface, delivered directly into downstream flow when it's spilling. So that means when you've got the biggest of the biggest flood, you're going to have a much bigger effect for those people three right. kilometres downstream. This is a big worry because in Cyclone Debbie, the rain, uh, the flood came within a metre of our house, and we had oh. to leave. Mm -hmm. So we can assume that in the next big flood, we'll have the extra amount on as well, and it could be catastrophic, and mm -hmm. people will die. And I'm pretty upset about this because uh, we haven't been told, we haven't been warned. Nothing's happened to those people who will be effectively a sacrifice zone downstream from the dam in the event of a major flood. And with climate change, we know that major floods are going to happen again. There's yeah. no question about that. No. 
So from a personal point of view, I would oppose this dam, but um, there are plenty of other reasons as well. Mm. Yeah. The other local effect is the industrial and construction noise that would go on for years and the noise pollution and the visual pollution and large trucks and machinery on our roads. It mm. would be pretty bad news for a very peaceful uh, town. Mm. And I'm not saying this because I'm a NIMBY and I want it to go elsewhere. I don't think we need dams anywhere. Well, They're very last century. We just they are an old, old technology. It's a good excuse to pour a lot of concrete into it and to help the, along the careers of the of the technocrats who, who, who facilitate the process. But uh, there's plenty of options. And, and in fact, indeed, you know, as you've mentioned, limits to growth, mm. uh, you know, that, that, that we need to respect. Well, limits to growth are a personal issue of mine because I've felt for some or for many years that it is just built on an utter fairy tale that growth can go on forever. It, it directly contradicts the laws of physics mm. that we can grow forever, and yet our whole economy is built on that. It's like designing, um, I don't know, an airline schedule on the on the fact that the Earth is flat. It just doesn't stack up physically, mm. but somehow we can continue with that fantasy. And in fact, I'd rather talk to a flat earther. They're not nearly as dangerous as someone who believes that we can grow forever. Yeah, forever. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Harmless loonies are, are much, much yeah, more yeah, fun to deal okay, with than, yeah. than highly motivated, money-grubbing loonies. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I think it's terribly important that we need to live within our, me- in our means, and that means that uh, you have to determine what your physical limits are, say your water resources, and then make your population fit the water instead of the other way around. Mm. So what we're doing now is Ralph is responding to the state demand that they provide water for an ever-growing population without limit. And they are trying to do that, mm. which is they know is impossible, but they are forced by legislation to do that. Yeah, the phrase, the build it and they will come, keeps coming to mind with this. It's like if we build mm. all of these uh, the, these facilities, then then we will the population here will you know necessarily expand to meet the resources that are there. And and then the, 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 all of the amenities which those of us who live here now have, have mm. come here for or were brought up, born here and brought up with, <laughs> will will disappear. We'll end up as yeah. an extension of the Gold Coast. And that's not what we want. Yes, well, that's very interesting because um, from my perception, the people on the coast, they want water, but they don't want more growth. No. And you have to wonder who's going to benefit from, from more growth. And it's obviously the developers and the people who sell water, which is rough. Mm. So if you talk to people, they don't want, or they know you can't have everlasting growth. But somehow it's within our state legislative planning that there will be growth forever. <laughs> it's a bit like um, the emperor with new clothes. Uh, um, I mean, with no clothes. Yeah. I think Ralph has to stand up for the state and say, this is not possible. Mm. Um, you need to do something about this. We need to change the legislation. Mm, absolutely. It doesn't sound like a too hard a political argument to win when, when you know, Vanessa last week was pointing out that they're, you know, that we're going to be talking about four times the water rates uh, for, mm. to, to pay for this infrastructure and that if the money was spent uh, or even a, a percentage, a small percentage of the money was spent on, you know, tanks and recycling and, uh, you know, and water efficiency, then we could mm. we could certainly make up the water capacity. Uh, so why do we need the dam? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, I think Rouse hasn't done nearly enough... <coughs> sorry, Rouse hasn't done nearly enough to pursue this... Um, this way of thinking about water. Mm. We need a lot more um, demand management and there are many ways you could do that. We need purified, recycled water. We need water tanks on all new and existing developments. Mm. And people in the country already live on their tanks. They mm. know about that. Mm. They could just, what we can do is have more tanks for people who are off offline, off the water reticulation system. 
and then they can just use their tanks instead of having them sitting there, as many mm. people do. Just mm. use their tanks, and in a drought, that's when you could call on Rocky Creek Dam if you had to. Mm. But in the meantime, you've learned how to live within your means. Yeah, that's right. That's we right. could encourage waterless toilets. We mm. could do a lot more water harvesting, stormwater harvesting. There's so much. There's so much we can do, and, and, and this does seem like a ridiculous idea. But yeah. we will have to wrap it up uh, soon. So I should, before we uh, let you go, I should ask you, well, what, what can people do? What do you want people to, to take? What actions can people take? Mm. I think the important thing at this stage is to let the um, Ralph Water know that we don't want this dam by writing a submission. Submissions have to be in by the 12th of August. We've tried to extend that, but they won't do that. Mm. And I think that's a bit unfair in this COVID time where we can't have public meetings and people are not generally informed. Mm. But they can um, look up Ralph Water. They'll find it pretty easily, the submission page, and write their submission. And not only that, it's important that they send their submission to all the Ralph County councillors mm. because the submissions will be summarised and sent to the councillors, but they actually need to say to hear exactly what you think. Yeah. And it's easy to find them just put in uh, contact Ralph County councillors and a list of them and their emails and phone numbers will come up. Mm. So I'd really urge people to let Ralph County know, uh, Ralph, sorry, Ralph Water know that they are opposed to this dam. At the moment, some people are saying, oh, it's a, it's a foregone conclusion, but it's not. We can no. stop this thing. We just have to let Ralph Water know. And, it's, and as you say, it's in the next 12 days. Those submissions have to be in. So people should get onto them immediately and uh, uh, get them in as soon as possible. It'll, uh, it'll, it'll make a real difference to the It sure the will. It will make a, make a really big difference. Well, look, Nan, thank you so much for coming. Environmental is anything to talk to uh, us about this today. It, it's terrific to hear what you've, uh, what you've learned about this. Okay, thank you. That was Nan Nicholson, co-author of Australian Rainforest Plants and downstream resident of the proposed Danoon Dam.